for two. Kickers are extra, I give them the boo. Ooh. Going for two. Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew. Ooh. Now I'm reclining while putting my time and I'm ready to go. My spine is aligning and much my my lineups, my bank account grows. I am so rich, but knowledge is all that I'm leaving it with. Ooh. Listen to this. Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh. DFS Dynasty Reader, tonight I'm not finishing last. I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking and all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So what are we talking? What kind of alignment and running it deep? Even players forgotten or came from the bottom or hitting that topping and this spot is popping. Yeah, this spot is popping and woo! This is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms. Yeah. Sound the alarm. Yeah. What is going on, guys, and welcome to the Armchair Fantasy Show, episode 339. I went back and checked. This is officially kicking off year number seven. We did our first live show in 2017. It's insane to think about. But, of course, we are on the Go For Two Live Network. Uh, we are here every Friday night at 10.30 p.m. Uh, we are on Periscope. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook Live. We're on all of those networks. We're on every podcast network you can find. Uh, so make sure you go to YouTube, uh, hit that subscribe button, follow us, give us a like. If you're in the chat, uh, you know, thank you for joining the chat tonight. Uh, I'm here with my uh, my my co-host, my my single co-host. We'll get to that in just a second here, but Mr. Tim Strobel, which you can follow him on Twitter at KetoDFS. What's up, Tim? You're on mute, Tim. No, nah, I'm ready, man. I'm so ready. I, I can't even tell you. I was still rapping the theme song, man. I was already hyped before it came on, but after, you know, that kicked in, man, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm so happy to be back, even if we're out, you know, without our uh, our third half here. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what I was going to mention before I get to our guest. Uh, we are missing, as you'll notice, we're missing Gerson. Uh, he unfortunately had to retire uh, early retirement, uh, his, uh, his, his main job kind of got in the way of the podcast thing. So this year, instead of having Gerson and myself and Tim on, uh, we're going to bring a new guest on every week. And our first guest to kick it off, we had to get somebody who has been familiar with the show, actually has been our only guest, I think, on this show uh, with me, Gerson, and Tim being on here. The entire seven years, he's been the only guest. Uh, of course, we're talking about Mr. Jared Good. You can follow him on Twitter at the Yeti Express. What's up, Jared? How are we doing? I'm happy to be here as always. Um, this is my personal favorite show. Obviously, I, I've got um, to become good friends with both of you guys over the years. Um, and not only that, this show in particularly helped me win $15,000 two years ago and pay off my car. So that yeah. was always uh, a, a big hats off to this show in particular. Um, and I love the show, and I'm happy to be here and talk some football with you guys, as always. Yep, that's right. So if, if there's any newbies in the chat here, Jared did win $15,000 uh, on a lineup that he built. I mean, he's a pretty good DFS player. We wouldn't have him on if he wasn't. Uh, but the lineup that he built was pretty much built off of all guys we mentioned on the show that day. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we've been doing this for a while, and uh, we appreciate all y'all joining in. Um, today's show, as always, guys, is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. You can check out their best ball leagues. They got huge tournaments, private leagues, and pick'ems. Uh, you can use our promo code GF2, get a deposit match up to 100 bucks. Uh, and for a limited time, they are doing a free square on the pick'ems. Uh, I think the free square this week was a Saquon Barkley over half a yard uh, total yards. 
Uh, so if you sign up, use promo code GF2, not only do you get the deposit match, but you also get the free square on the pickums to put in any of your pickum uh, parlays. Uh, of course, they got best ball too, and best ball on, in, on underdog doesn't end when the season starts. They got weekly best ball as well, where you can draft just for that week. Um, so check them out again, underdog.com, or you, you get the app and use promo code GF2. The weekly rewind. 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 Obviously, there's no week to rewind since this is the week one, but uh, we wanted to kind of give uh, us a little bit of chance to talk about our, our off season and how things went. So uh, what you got for us, Tim? Give us one good, one bad. Oh, man, kind of caught me off guard there. Yeah, no, uh, I guess the good is that football is back uh, for our you know close uh, listeners. I will tell you last uh, Friday I got engaged. So that's kind of my big personal news. Good stuff. And uh, yeah, one bad. Uh, it's just been too fucking hot here in Texas, man. I'm ready for some fall weather. So bring bring on the football and bring on the fall. Absolutely. And congratulations on the on the uh, the engagement, by the way. I saw that on Thank Facebook. So you. good stuff, man. Joining the ranks of the married here pretty soon with the with, with me. <laughs> me and exactly Jared. Right. <laughs> All right, Jared, what you got for your one good, one bad here in the rerun? Uh, I would say my one good is just drafting, man. There's nothing like draft season. Um sitting down with you know, 10 to 12 of your closest friends that love football and just there's nothing like the draft and the build up to the draft, where I'm going to be, what spot I'm going to be in, who I'm going to draft, what my plan is for the future. Like, yeah, we all we all get into leagues and we draft, but like to like have a plan is is it's so fun. You know, like I think that's always something that's that's really fun to do, especially at before. Um, in the August time frame is just it's a blast, whether you're doing best ball or season long or dynasty, like it just it goes on and on and on. And, and there's nothing like the build up to week one. Absolutely, man. That's that's a good point. And, and I have a, a, a league that's been longstanding. I think we're going into our 27th year. Um, basic same group of guys, you know, all have been married. They have kids. Some of them have moved out of state. One's moved out of the country. But we all find a way to come back, you know during that draft season and, and sit down and have a draft and connect with those guys all over again. So it's pretty cool. I, I agree hundred percent. What's your, what's your one bad? Um, well, I would say that my one bad is that I have Cooper cup in two leagues and we'll, we'll talk about um, him coming up, but I, I think his injury is going to be a little bit longer um, than we might've originally projected. I think it's going to be closer to four to eight weeks opposed to one or two. Um, yeah. And I have him in a couple of my leagues um, also as a bad is not having Gerson here. Now, granted, I'm blessed to fill in for him, but G is the man. Absolutely. hundred percent. Uh, so my one good is the fact I mentioned at the top there that we're going into year number seven. That's just crazy for me to think about seven years of doing the show. Um, I know me, Tim and Gerson have known each other a little bit longer than that. We started the show. I started it in 2015, but I didn't get real serious about it until 2017 sort of actually putting numbers on the shows and how many we're doing and doing them weekly. And uh, Gerson and Tim have been there since the beginning. So that's pretty awesome for me to see that, that, you know, I can go back to 2017 and see some of our shows that quite frankly, weren't as good back then. <laughs> Production quality was not on point. Yeah. Uh, hold think- on, hold on. Time out. Didn't it start as audio only? It did actually. It, did. it was okay. audio. It was. It, it's funny because I used to. I used to call Gerson and Tim on my cell phone, and <laughs> I'd have them on speakerphone, yeah. and I would hold them yeah. up to my mic so that I can have them on the show. That's how it we was used not to do. Good. It. 
No. Not good. And then no. and we, we finally went video. I couldn't get them on video. So literally the whole show was you looking at me talking to them on audio, but I was the only one on video. So uh, <laughs> production value has definitely gotten a lot better. Uh, and my one bad is that fact that Gerson's not here. We're not going to have, you know, his his antics, his uh, his F-bombs, uh, his drinking a 12-pack before the show's even yeah, over. Yeah, by with. the way, yeah, these are the Modellos. You see, I made a nice little stack here. This one's for you, G. little shout-out to Gerson in the background there. I love it. Uh, Facebook so, chat knows what's in here. This is the Tumblr special. <laughs> and G is in the chat, man. We miss you already. It's going to be a great season. I know you're going to make some guest appearances throughout the season, but uh, it's it's good to have you in the chat as well. Uh, you can tell us if our if our calls are, are are disgusting or not. I know I don't have Jimmy G on my sheet, so I think we're <laughs> we're okay. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into the top of the show here. Let's talk quarterbacks all right if you're new to the show we'll go position by position and we'll talk top tier mid-tier value tier based on their price points not based on necessarily if they're you know great plays or not just by based on price point and we'll kick it off here in the top tier price point and uh, we'll go to you first jared since you are the guest give us one of your top tier price pointed quarterbacks here um let's see who you guys got on your sheet i'll i'll talk about t law um he's in between that mid and top tier, but um, I do believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be a lot better this year. Um, I think they have no trouble winning 11-ish games this year. Um, they, they, they wrap up against uh, Indy. Indy has struggled in the secondary for a long time. Um, there's not a whole lot new here. He's got some new weapons. Um, he's in year three now, I believe. Um, going into I, year four, four. Okay, yeah. so four. Um, year four. I I think I think Indy's going to be pretty good this year. Um, there or sorry, Jacksonville's going to be pretty good this year. Indy is exploitable. The only problem is, can they keep up? Um, in terms of rostering him, that's my biggest concern. Um, but I I, I do think T Law at sixty five hundred is a pretty phenomenal play this year. Yeah, and actually, you're right. It, it is year three. I just feel like he's been going into year four, but you're right. <laughs> he is year three. He had a second year breakout, and you know his third year. And I, I agree 100. percent I love T. Law. I think he's. Uh, I, honestly, I think he could be in the MVP conversation. Um, he's one of those quarterbacks that takes that next step, and I think he can be a great play week one. He's super cheap at only six point five. Uh, I love that call. Tim, what you got for your elite tier? Yeah, I'll go ahead and take the chalk option here and go with Justin Herbert. Uh, you guys know I always start with Vegas. This is the highest over/under total on the on the week, uh, at least on the main slate. Anyway, um, you know they're projected 27 points. We know Justin Herbert has you know kind of let down in some bad spots before, but I think this is going to be a really uh, high-paced game. Uh, I think that they're going to you know he has he has some new uh, new toys, right? He got Quentin Quentin Johnson in the draft. All of his wide receivers are healthy, which seemed like that never seemed to happen last year. So he's got the full squad uh, going against a, a Dolphins team that's a little banged up, right? They don't have Jalen Ramsey. You know, their their secondary isn't what it used to be. So I think Herbert's going to have a field day here uh, week one. Yeah, I love that call as well. And you mentioned some of the you know options that you have there to stack him with uh, makes him an easy play for sure. Yeah, and it's a home game. I don't know why. I always like to play quarterbacks at home, too, when I can. Agreed. Uh, so my only top-tier guy, because I saw who you all had on your list, so I decided not to copy any of you. I, I live with L. Jackson. I, I don't know if he's going to be as popular as some of his other quarterbacks. At 8.8, .8, he's the highest-priced quarterback on the slate. Uh, 
Uh, he gets a Houston team. Uh, I, I believe they're playing at home. The, yeah, the Ravens are playing at home versus Houston. Uh, Houston, I think, will be an improved team, but they are by, by no means a good team. And I think that offense with their new offensive coordinator is going to pass it a lot more than they used to. And I think Jackson's still going to get his with his legs, uh, but they're going to be spreading the ball around. They got J.K. Dobbins, who I think will also be a great play uh, this week. I think he's going to be involved more in the passing game than he ever has in this offense. Uh, he got some new new weapons as well. We mentioned, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Herbert's new, new rookie. We got Zay Flowers for Baltimore, who I, I love him as well. I loved him in season long. Got him in a bunch of my dynasty league. So L. Jacks with a new contract at 8.8. He's not too expensive. There's plenty of value on the slate that if you wanted to pay up at quarterback, you can pay up a quarterback and still get a pretty good, uh, uh, decent lineup set up. So L. Jacks is my guy. Yeah, real quick shout out to uh, underdog best ball. Uh, Zay Flowers was my highest owned player for the offseason. So I'm big on Zay Flowers this year. Good stuff. That call. You got uh, you got one more guy there in the top tier, Tim. You want to mention him real quick? Yeah, I might as well go ahead and start the show this way. Uh, you know, anyone who knows I'm a, I'm go pack go all the way. But this is going to be a rough week for my Packers. Uh, it's going to be a full on play all the Bears kind of week. Like last year, I said, play all the Vikings this week. It's play all the Bears. Uh, and that starts and ends with Justin Fields, right? I mean, if you're talking about quarterbacks that can break the slate, it's him, it's Lamar, you know, Herbert, those kind of guys. You really want to pay up, uh, particularly for his rushing ability, right? He had two games last year with over 40 points. Most of those were done with his legs. And, you know, that's not somewhere the Packers really, uh, you know, really, they really struggle against runners, right? Whether it's quarterbacks or running backs. So I think we're going to see a good game from uh, Justin Fields. My only concern now, which we'll talk about later, is whether or not the Packers can keep up. Because I think if they get out ahead, he's going to stop running. And if he only has 20 points then, he's going to end with 22. Yeah, he'll just right? keep handing if, it off. <laughs> yeah, but if Packers can keep it close, man, he could give you that uh, that 40 you need to win a tournament. Good stuff. All right, we'll move down into the mid tier, and I'll go first. Um, and the guy I have, I'm a little nervous because I believe, I don't know if he's been ruled out officially yet, but I believe his left tackle is uh, is questionable, and it's Tua Tunga Vailoa. He is out. Yeah, he is definitely I out. earlier. Tron so Armstead, yeah. Makes me a little bit more nervous because we know Tua's history with concussions, and, you know, Bosa is going to be back for the Chargers, and that's just going to be a nightmare. But I do think at 6.7, Tua is still viable. Uh, we saw what he did early last year before he got hurt the first time. Uh, lighten it up all over the field. He's got two of the best receivers, maybe the two best, you know, as far as a one-two punch in the league with Waddle and and, and Tyreek Hill. Uh, I just think this offense is built to to you know to cater to what Tua does is basically get the ball out of his hands and be super accurate and let the guys who catch the ball make all the plays. And I think going up against the Chargers, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, like like Tim mentioned with Herbert. And uh, Tua at 6.7 is, is way too underpriced. Uh, I actually have him picked as a dark horse MVP this year. Um, if, if he can stay healthy, play all 17 games, I think he can be in the MVP race. So uh, Tua Tungavailoa is my, my mid-tier quarterback I'm looking at. We'll go to you, Jared. What you got for your mid-tier? Uh, before I talk about my mid-tier, I'm, I'm getting dr- drilled in chat because I dressed up and went out tonight. This is my, my Friday night get-up. <laughs> Screw all you guys. <laughs> uh, my mid-tier, um, my number one mid-tier guy is Deshaun Watson. Um, and here's the reason why, because, well, one, he's 6K. Um, and two, the last time he was fully healthy and played a full season, he threw for 4,800 yards, which is ridiculous. Um, he's got the weapons. I, I know the Browns like to run the ball, and they still have Nick Chubb, and that's great. Nick Chubb's phenomenal running back, one of the best in the NFL. 
Let's not get away from that. But there, I think there's a script to where um, Deshaun Watts can be super viable. Um, here's the thing. The Bengals ain't no sludge. And if they get out ahead, they ain't going to be running the ball. So if the Bengals get up by 14, 20 points, I think there's a real way for the Browns and Deshaun Watson to be super viable this week. Yeah, I like that call a lot. And I, and I hope he bounces back. Um, I got a lot of exposure to him in best ball for that reason, because he was you know, kind of cheap because of how he played last year. Uh, I think DraftKings priced him down because of how he played last year, but he has the ability to be a top quarterback and at 6,000, you can't beat that for sure. And, and I think in best ball, he was, I think QB nine or 10. Um, so, I mean, you're, <laughs> he's got unlimited upside. You Absolutely. Know? He's, he's got QB one potential. Like literally he could be QB one if he plays the way he did in Houston. Yeah. Tim, what you got for your mid tier? All right. Well, me, uh, Turning in my Packer card continues. Uh, <laughs> well, last segment, I chose Justin Fields. This segment, I'm going with uh, Jared's boy, Kirk Cousins. Um, I, this is probably my favorite game on the slate. Uh, I said, you know what? I, you know, if you're a member of the DFS roundtable, I do a thread every week. And my question this week is what game besides Dolphins Chargers is going to go over 50 points, right? And this is the game I think that does it. Both defenses are not particularly good. The Vikings are famous for letting teams score and keep the game close. Uh, Baker has uh, some great weapons that I think will push them. So I'm going with the cousin stack this week. Um, We'll get to it a little bit later, but that obviously starts with Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. You know, you can obviously stack him with a couple other guys, but I'm feeling a JJ week. No fake ass wide receiver one this week. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Uh, I'll give one more mid-tier. Uh, I'll go with uh, Russell Wilson, 5.9. Uh, I think his last, if you look at last year, last year just throw it out the window. It, it just was a bad season overall. Um, you have to look at what he did in Seattle and, and think that that's the Russell Wilson that we we, we think we'll see this year. Uh, he's got a new coach, obviously. Uh, Sean Payton knows what to do with quarterback, especially I think a lot of the comparisons when Wilson was with Seattle is that Wilson was basically Drew Brees-like. Uh, with his accuracy, with his deep ball, and the, you know, even his stature, his height, very similar to Drew Brees. And if if Sean Payton can do what he did with uh, with Drew Brees, I think he can do the same thing with Russell Wilson. I think it's going to be a lot of uh, you know short short to intermediate stuff. It's going to be a lot of dump offs to the running backs, uh, very safe stuff. But I think that Russell Wilson at five point nine has a tremendous upside. Uh, you know, I know Gerson's a a Raiders fan, but you know the Raiders defense is nothing to write home about. And I think Wilson comes out at 5.9. Stacking options are a little little thin because I don't know if you do a play or not. So it's basically Sutton. And I guess if you want to stack Javante or one of the running backs, but uh, I think Wilson is a, is a good play at 5.9. And, and I had on the show sheet Wilson as well, um, strictly for a GPP stack, like you just talked about. Um, the Raiders are bad. Or they're going to be bad. And the way you can get to, to Wilson in a stack is, like you said, with Sutton. And even Dolchich, and that's like really cheap. So, and, and when we talk about someone being really cheap on week one, it allows you to fit all those big guys, your JJs, your your Hills, and, and I think that's kind of a sneaky little look there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move down into the value tier. I want to just mention we had one more quarterback that we didn't mention. Tim, I, Tim and I both had him. You, you want to mention him real quick, Tim? Talk about him a little bit. Yeah, I really like to see, I'll just put it this way. I really like the Seahawks this week. I'm just worried the Rams might not be able to keep up, but it's a divisional game. They could drop 30 on them, no question. And if they do, it's going to be through Geno. Yeah, I agree 100%. That's why I have them on my list as well. 
Uh, we'll move down into the value tier, and uh, I'm going to go first here because I got uh, Mr. Sam Howell, who may be the, yeah. the cash game quarterback. Chalk. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> 4.9 versus what everyone expects to be the worst team in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, it's you know the joke I've been making with the Cardinals is 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 tell us you're tanking without telling us you're tanking. They're basically telling us they're tanking by drafting. You know they they traded for a quarterback that hasn't really started much in his career, and he's been there a couple weeks now, and he's their week one starter. So uh, the Cardinals are not trying to win this year for sure. Sam Howell, being a guy, you know I live here in Washington D.C., so I hear all the hype about him. Uh, he's got a connection with with Dotson. I, I think there's a good stack option there. Uh, at 4.9, he is just way too cheap. And he has surprisingly has pretty good legs, too. He can get you some yards on the, on the ground as well. Um, so he has that ability to, to get you some a decent floor with his legs. So Sam Howell at 4.9 is probably going to be my cash game quarterback. Tim, what you got for your values? All right. So I'll tell you, I love the Sam Howell call. Um, but I'm going with Anthony Richardson. I think AR... AR5, AR15, whatever you want to call him, he is the guy. All right, Gerson, obviously, I just saw he gives me his vote of approval. Um, I think Sam Howell is the cash game play because he has a higher floor. There's a realistic chance that Anthony Richardson could give you like 8 to 11 points here, but he also could give you like 27, right? And that's why you play him. So at 5,600, I think he's just too cheap for the rushing upside that he has. Uh, it is a divisional game. Jacksonville, we are expecting to be better. Uh, but I mean, 5,600, man, I just can't turn that down. So, yeah, Anthony's giving us 27. So Alex says just lock it in, 27 points. Yeah, and as, as uh, Jared mentioned, we talked about T-Law, is that Jags offense should be very good, which means they're going to have to keep you know moving the ball somehow, some way the Colts will. Um, so it's going to be AR throwing it, running it, doing whatever he can to get some points on the board. So. Um, he can he can even get some points in junk time if we you know that's that that still counts in DFS if he gets those points in junk yeah. time we still like it so good stuff what you got for us Jared for your value uh, I'm going Baker Mayfield um, for the Bucks uh, as a Viking fan I know our secondary has been terrible we brought in a lot of new guys um, Byron Murphy and Mikhail Blackman I just you know it, unless it's broke I'm not going to go away from it in week one. Um, now, like I said, Baker's 4,900, like he's the same prices. He's a great pivot off of Sam Howell and GPPs. Um, the Vikings brought in, um, Brian Flores as well. A lot of people have a lot of hype for him changing the defense and the scheme. And, you know, that can be scary to attack in week one, but at the same point in time, like the Vikings play at an incredible pace. Okay. So if the Vikings go up early. These guys are still going to be viable in fantasy. You're looking at Baker playing from behind. He might throw a pick or two, but he also might have 300 yards and three touchdowns at 49. And and the thing that I like about Baker and, and good call on the pivot off of Howell is this has to be the best receiving core that he's ever had, right? I mean, Mike Evans is a thousand. Oh yeah, Mark him in for a thousand yards every season. You got Godwin there. Um, so, I mean, supporting cast is definitely there. He just needs to get the ball out of his hands, get to those players and let them do some good things. So, um, great call. Cause I mean, say what you will about Baker, you know, there's been a lot of hate over the couple of years that he's been in the league, but he, he did do it one year where he played pretty well. Um, and if he can capture that magic again here with some good players on his team, I think, I think it's a good call on the pivot. Hey, one last guy before we move on a uh, shout out to Garrett in the chat. My other favorite, uh, low price guy is, uh, Derek Carr. Um, 
We basically played quarterbacks against Tennessee all year last year. Their secondary is arguably worse than it was last year. So is the pass rush. So I think, uh, you know, especially playing at home in the dome, it could be a sneaky Derek Carr week. Yeah, love it. Love it. All right, let's get to tight ends. Did somebody say tight ends? I think that's uh, Tim's favorite drop besides the defensive one when we get to it. <laughs> All right, Tim, kick us, off, kick us off here with the, with the top-tier tight end. Yeah, I only have one guy, and I talked about it earlier. Uh, it's, it's TJ Hawkinson, the Hawking Goat. He just got himself a fat contract. He's ready to go. That ear infection seemed to have magically cleared up, and uh, he's going to get two touchdowns this week. So I think if you're playing Kirk Cousins, you're playing uh, Justin Jefferson, that's just part of it. But if you really want to get different in tournaments, nobody's going to be paying up for tight end this week. So if you pay up for the Hawking Goat, you're automatically going to be different from everybody else in the field. You know, that, that's how you find yourself at the top of a GPP. Yeah, and here's a, here's a future DFS uh, trivia question is, which player has broken the slate twice in one year for two different teams? Two and that's different teams. Mr. Hawking Goat right there. Broke the slate, uh, I think, for the Lions early in the season. Got traded to the Vikings and then broke the slate again. Uh, I think 40-plus games both times. So, uh, yeah, definitely is capable of putting some big monster games up. Yep. Jerry, what you got for your tight end? Um, Top-tier tight end. I like Mandrews a little bit. Um, the problem is, so the reason why I like Mandrews a lot is there's, they got all these new wide receivers coming in. Um, they got Bateman coming back. They got Zay Flowers. They've, act, they've said they want to throw the ball more. The only problem with it is I don't think this game stays close. I think Baltimore wins by 14 plus. And uh, I mean, you're looking at, at Mandrews to really only get you like, 60 to 80 in a touchdown and he's there um he's cheap like there's soft pricing in week one um but i mean he's still there yeah i i got him as my top tier as well um based only on the fact that there's not a whole lot of top tier quote-unquote tight ends that i like um and because i went with lamar jackson if i'm going to play a tight end to stack with jackson that's going to be mandrews uh obviously make sure he's healthy because he is questionable at the moment if he's out or limited in any way uh, I'm off this play, um, but Mandrews would be the only guy outside of uh, Hawkinson that I would play in this top tier. All right, let's move down into the mid tier, and our mid tier brings us to our first lock. lock it. 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 Got our lock of the week, Jared. Who do you got for your lock? My lock of the week is David and Joku, um, which might kind of surprise some people, but. I'm willing to live in the mid range this week at tight end. I know Tim said earlier, people are not going to pay up for tight end this week. And I semi agree with him for the most part, but in Joku in 10 games has five touchdowns against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, his receiving yards, he's got 306 receiving yards in 10 games. So you're looking at like 30 to 40 yards, which isn't great. Um, Honestly, it isn't. But I, like I said, I think there's a way, I, you know, Gerson, when he was always on, he would always say, can you see a way that somebody gets there? Can you write the story? Well, I see the Bengals up 14 early, and I see a lot of throwing in Cleveland. And, I mean, you can love Amari Cooper as much as you want. I'm not really there. He's aging year by year. 
And you're looking at some other guys on this Cleveland offense on the comeback. And my guy is David and Joku over the middle. Yeah, that's a good call. I like that a lot. I don't know what happened. Tim, uh, Tim got booted out. So let's see if we can bring Tim back in here. There we go. Am I back? Am I here? You are back. He, yes. I don't know what all happened. right. <laughs> he just wanted to be on the bottom. I think Jared's <laughs> Jared's uh, internet infected Tim and, and kicked him out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't explain it. So what did I miss? Martians. Uh, Jared went with uh, David Njoku as his lock of the week. Lock um, of the week. That's my favorite drop, by the way. Yeah. Other than defense, it's lock of the week. There's good, no question. Good stuff. All right. Uh, it, I'm going to go with uh, Gerald Everett. Um, I, this has probably been my favorite tight end play other than David Njoku on the whole slate. Um, I think that he's going to get a lot more volume than people are expecting. I did talk about all the toys uh, in the, on the Chargers, but uh, this is going to be a scheme thing, right? I think that they're going to see a lot more targets toward the tight end, and he's in that same range where I don't think people are going to play him, right? Uh, you have the other guy I think everybody's going to pay up for. They're either going to play Njoku or they're going to completely punt. So I think Everett's going to go somewhat overlooked, even though he's in the highest, you know, total game of the day. Um, so yeah, he's probably my favorite play. If I'm not, you know, if you got Njoku and you got an extra hundred bucks, you want to get a little different, switch up Gerald Everett. Yeah, I like that call. Uh, so I got one of the tight ends that are probably fairly chalky because of the Cooper Cup being ruled out. But uh, Tyler Higby, you know, very quietly last year had over a hundred targets as a tight end that nobody really saw or even thought that he was doing that good. Uh, he didn't score a ton of touchdowns, but he's going to be the only guy when uh, when uh, uh, Stafford drops back to pass that he's going to recognize, really, because, I mean, it's a bunch of guys. Tutu Atwell is still a thing somehow. I don't know how he's still a thing, but he's probably the number two receiver on that team. It tells you how deep their receiving core isn't. Uh, so Higby's going to get a ton of targets at 4.8 versus Seattle. Uh, you know, just based on volume alone, I think he can get there. So Higby is my, is my favorite, probably mid-tier um, tight end there. Uh, I'll just please bet. do not play Tutu Atwell. Yes, no. I'm sorry. Just yeah. when we haven't gotten to wide receivers yet, but just my message to uh, going for two nation: do not play Tutu Atwell. Yeah, and, don't do it. And I'll, I'll jump in on that Higby call because I I love that call. Um, I have I'm a guy that plays. I like to play the mini max. That's my tournament that I like to hang out and, and enjoy. Um, so I run 150 lineups. Um, I have 40 plus percent of Njoku and Higby. Nice. Not, and not in the same line, but in that range. Is, I have just as much Higby, if not a little bit less than Njoku. Nice. Yeah, he's definitely up there as far as chalk. When Cooper Cup's out, there, there ain't a whole Higby. lot to go yeah, around. Not much it's, else. Just, it's play Higby. Yep. I'll just mention the other two guys I have in the mid-tier. Uh, I got Dolchitz uh, at 4K, especially if Judy's out. I think he works in the same part of the field as Judy does. Uh, can get some targets. And then uh, Jawan Johnson, who's I know one of Gerson's favorite guys to call out last year, Jawan man at 3.9. Uh, so at Tennessee, definitely a good mid-tier option. Let's go ahead and move down into the value tier. And Tim, I want to go to you because the guy that you have uh, is probably going to be pretty chalky, especially with the news that we got today that Christian Watson's not going to play. Give us your thoughts on your tight end here, the value tier. Yeah, this is just a value play uh, option, right? Like you said, with Christian Watson out, I expect there are going to be more targets to go around. Uh, We'll talk about it later, but Romeo Dubs is kind of banned up as well. The guy who's really kind of surprising me so far uh, this offseason has been Luke Musgrave um, at 2,900. Obviously, this is a punt play, uh, but he could get realistically, you know, five to seven targets. And, you know, if he falls into the touchdown for a tight end, that's all you're looking for. 
right? To be able to get somebody with decent, you know, target volume, uh, and then you can fit everybody else. So I'm mostly going to be living in the mid range there, the Higbees, the Everett's, the Njoku's. But if you have a lineup, you really need to save, you know, thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars. Uh, I don't think he's going to give you a zero, right? Like when we're playing tight ends, that's what we're always trying to avoid. Um, you know, he seems to have clearly won the the starting job there. Uh, you know, and he's obviously gotten the a little bit of the trust of Jordan Love. So, you know, we're talking about if Watson's out, especially if if Dobbs is out. Um, I think you you play Musgrave. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, too, I think Musgrave played a lot, at least in the preseason, from the slot. He did, where he was yeah. lining up as a slot receiver, so that that automatically increases his value right there. Like you look at last night's game uh, with uh, Sam Laporta, he was the same thing. He lined up in the slot mostly in preseason, and having a good game, at least DFS wise, for what his price would have been if he had played on this slate. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Um... One thing I like to look for is like who a quarterback's first read is, right? Like who was the play designed to go to? And I was really surprised how many plays were designed to go to Luke Musgrave. Yeah. Right? Like he wasn't the second option or third option check down. Like the play was designed to go to him, right? It was an eight to 10 yard out route or, you know, 12 yard curl route. And you get enough of those in a PPR game, he'll pay for himself even if he doesn't go in the the box. So, yeah, I think he's. Yeah, Christian Watson's out. Too. He's ruled out. It's, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's Dobbs who's who's questionable. Yep, Dobbs is questionable. Christian and, Watson. And he's got out. a hamstring too, I believe. And then, you know, I told you guys, you've heard me say before, I don't fuck with hamstring injuries. Yeah, right. 100%. Like, there's a lot of injuries you can play through. A hamstring is not really one of them. You're never going to be a hundred percent. So yep. keep that in mind. And for what it's worth, Musgrave is the sixth highest owned tight end according to Roto Grinders uh, at six percent. So he's definitely uh, one to look at for sure. Yep. Uh, Jared, what you got for your uh, value tier here? Uh, I got Grayson on the Colts. Um, he's the only guy I have down here. I, I'm really not looking to be in this range at tight end. Like I said, um, over 40% of my ownership is in the mid tier. And a lot of it is north of that for the rest of it. But um, rookie quarterbacks, they check down a lot um, when they're under pressure. Um, so I think you could, and, and here in reality, who does who does AR fifteen have to throw to other than Michael Pittman? I mean, it. it's Alec Pierce. It's another rookie in Downs. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sold on Grayson, but I I know that he's kind of a super raw player, and I think he's going to be a checkdown option for him under pressure. Yeah, for what it's worth, he was one of my more popular choices last year as a punt tight end, and. The few times that he was the only guy back there, he actually played really well. Actually, if you look at week one last year, he had seven targets in week one. So, I mean, Jelani Woods is not definitely not going to play. Uh, my One of my favorite guys, Moelle Cox. Moelle Cox. Moelle Cox yeah. is still there, but uh, hasn't really looked good or even part of the offense. So, it's, it's Grayson. Yeah. I got he was definitely my- running with the twos for most of camp. Yep. Uh, um, and the, and the, the majority of the reason why I like him is because you have a rookie quarterback starting. Yep, 100%. Yep. So real quick, speaking of rookie quarterback, again, shout out to Garrett in the chat. You guys know I love a good revenge narrative. And we got uh, Hayden Hurst going against his old team, the Falcons. Uh, That's right. Lining up for Carolina. So uh, Bryce Young, you know, can barely see over the offensive line, <laughs> but he can find his his tight end. Yeah, 100%. And, I, you know, Falcons kind of weirdly listed Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts as co-starters which you don't see too much for tight ends to be listed as co-starters like that. That was an interesting. I mean, I'm sorry, not previously, Hayden Hurst. Right. Yeah, that was, yeah, previously they had him as, as co-starters. 
Yeah. All right, let me talk about uh, my value guys here. I got, um, I'm going to go with the same game here. Two guys that I got on both sides. Trey McBride is one at 3.1 versus Washington. If you look at his last, I think, five or six games at the end of last year, he came on really strong. Uh, I know Zach Ertz is is possibly going to play. I don't think he will. He's a, an older tight end coming off a major injury. I think it's going to be McBride. Uh, and we mentioned the whole thing with the quarterbacks and checking down. I think Dobbs, who's not been a starter for very long, um, obviously will check down to his tight ends at 3.1. McBride is viable. And then on the other side, I had Cole Turner at 2.5, basically min salary. Um, however, I think Logan Thomas is going to be playing, so I think uh, Cole Turner will be out. Um, Cole Turner did look good in preseason when Logan Thomas was not yeah. playing, but Logan Thomas is officially back, and he will play. So Cole Turner is probably off my list now. So McBride at 3.1 is probably my, my value tight end there. I agree with that. All right, let's get to running backs. It's time for... Running backs. <laughs> running backs. All right, and uh, Jared is not podcast trained, so he had to go run to the bathroom real quick, so he does not hold it for an hour. So, Tim, you kick Good. us off here. So, all right, that's perfect, because I have time to get up on my soapbox here and tell you guys that this running back slate is horrendous. Like, we, you talked about at the top of the show, we've been doing this for seven years, okay? This might be the worst running back slate I've ever seen. Every guy on this slate has warts, and all of the value we thought we had has fallen off a cliff. So I think we'll, we'll start at the top, but uh, yeah, man, this slate is ugly. I, I think if you're paying up for anybody, the one guy I'm paying up for is, is Eckler, right? Just because he is the perfect, other than Christian McCaffrey, right? He's the perfect PPR back. He's going to give you the 12 to 15 touches, you know, five to seven targets. Highest total game of the day. We talked about it earlier. I'm all in on the Chargers, but I will tell you, I will mostly be paying down at running back uh, to pay up for wide receiver. I think over time, we have seen that the top lineups tend to pay mid-range or down for running back and then pay up for wide receiver. So that's how I'm going to target week one. Yeah. Hashtag running backs don't matter, right? That's basically what we got this week, especially uh, don't pay up. Uh Jared, you got a guy on your list there and a guy you wanted to pay some homage to as well. So go ahead and talk about Mr. Nick Chubb. Uh, if, I got to be Gerson, right? So I had to go fill my drink, you know, be a part of the show, <laughs> play my role. And I got a Chubb for Chubb. Hey, if this game, I know I said that earlier, I, I expect uh, Cincy to be up early in this game and, and Deshaun Watson to come back. But there's another way to, to view this game. And that is... Uh, on the ground. I mean, I, I, so here's the thing. Like I, I like, we look at, we look at the slate, we look at totals and everyone wants to jump on the Vikings and Buccaneers game because of the pace of play and the over under, but this game has three more points of an over under. I think there's a lot greater potential of a shootout. Um, and Chubb is the most efficient back virtually in NFL history, I'd argue, but super, super efficient. And um, I think this game can go, I'm kind of all in on the Browns this week, to be honest, but I mean, there's, there's a way for Chubb to get there and there's a way for this. There's going to be, there's going to be points in this game is what I'm saying. Yeah. So pick your poison and find your, find your, uh, find your values on the Browns. 
Yeah, Jared stating the obvious there, Captain Obvious. I'm all in on the Browns. See, we've had three categories, and he's named a Brown in every single one. Right, everyone. No, <laughs> I'm on the Browns, baby. I want to make a quick reference that everybody except for Alex, who is still in diapers in the chat, is going to recognize. <laughs> um, but if you guys remember the league, right? The show, the league. They would have a Shiva blast, right? Well, we have a Chub blast, right? Ours, I got a Chub for Chub, <laughs> right? That's what it is on this show. So if you're a member of Going for Two Nation, man, I need a I need a uh, Chub blast from you. Good stuff. All right, we'll move down into the mid tier. Uh, Jared did have a uh, uh, Bijan mustard, as he called him, uh, Bijan <laughs> Robinson uh, in his elite tier as well. He's definitely viable. So we'll move down hey, to. Go ahead. Just before, just before we move on. Um, and one of the things that uh, Tim talks about often, and especially in GPP formulas, um, stacking a running back with a defense and, and, and going with the Falcons defense against a rookie quarterback and, and pairing him with Bijan Mustard is, a, is the reason why I listed him. I, I yep, personally like uh, To Infinity and Bijan. That's kind of my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move down into the mid tier because I had the same guys y'all had, and I'll talk about my. Uh, Lock it in. My lock of the week, Mr. Javante Williams. There's been some rumors that he would be starting off slow coming off that injury. I'm not buying it. Uh, I think Sean Payton came out and said he's going to have a huge role in week one. If you watch week two of the preseason, he played 12 snaps and he was involved, you know, either a target or a touch, a carry on eight of those 12 snaps. There's going to be no pussyfooting around. Javante Williams is the man. We've seen Sean Payton make running backs very viable. He evolves them into the passing game. At 5.7, this guy is way, way, way too cheap. Uh, he was way too cheap in drafts. I think I drafted him in every redraft league possible. Uh, probably got him a round or two ahead of where he was going just because I believe in this guy. Uh, Javante Williams, I think, is going to smash at 5.7 versus the, the Raiders. Um, so he is my lock of the week, and I have him in my and pretty much all my lineups, uh, especially my cash lineup. So at five point seven, I love Javante Williams this week. And just to add on what you just said, um, Javante was super efficient and super productive prior to injury. He was also amazing in college. Absolutely, he was, uh, actually I think led the the the, the nation in broken tackles, uh, and he had less carries than you know guys that were much better than him. So supposedly much better than him, drafted higher than him. Tim, what you got for your mid-tier? You're on mute, Tim. Goats are muted. Damn it, I did it again. <laughs> All right. Um, we, we talked about earlier uh, that we really like the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, last year, our flowchart team for playing running backs was the Houston Texans. I think they're probably going to be better than 32nd this year. Maybe not, just because the Cardinals exist. Um, but... Yeah, I'm going to J.K. Dobbins. I'm really shocked that a lot of people are not high on him this week. Um, I've seen a number of projection sites where he's, like, lower than some of these other guys. Um, I'm not buying it. Uh, I, I think they're going to use him in the passing game. They're going to give him plenty of touches on the ground. Uh, it's, it's J.K. Dobbins, baby. I'm going for it. Yeah, and it's, it's just because everything else in that range to me, other than Javante, I feel like is kind of gross. Yeah, Dobbins is a great call, and, and just going on how underrated he is in this offense that's going to be here, you know, the new offense, they use the running backs. I know everyone says that, you know, Lamar Jackson doesn't check down, which he doesn't. He tends to run as opposed to check down. But their offensive coordinator actually designs plays to get the ball into the running back's hands uh, through the passing game, 
And underdog has their pick em, uh, uh line at nine and a half receiving yards. I think he smashes that. I think he has at least three or four catches in this game. So Dobbins for, for you know, for seriously, 6.6 is definitely too cheap. So I, I like that call a lot. Yeah, he had two games last year over 120 rushing yards. Yeah. So, like, he can get it done even if he doesn't get a and, ton and, of volume in the passing game. Yep. And just to add on the JK take, um, I heard this stat on the B-League Pick'em show on uh, going for two live, as always. Um, I heard that the Texans have offered or have, have allowed 25 touchdowns in the last 22 games to a <laughs> running back. Hashtag not good. <laughs> yeah. All right, no. Jerry, what you got for your mid-tier? You got a bunch of guys to choose from there. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Rashad White. Um, I think there's a lot of ways he gets to this price tag at 5,500. Like we said, we'd like the, the Buccaneers and the Vikings game to kind of be one of the better ones of the week. But this guy is also a PPR monster. And on yeah. DraftKings, that means significantly more opposed to like FanDuel. So, um, I think there's a way he can catch five or six balls, and I think he can have anywhere towards 80 to 100 all-purpose yards. So, Love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, we got plenty of guys here at the mid-tier, so we'll go back through one more time, and I'll take my other guy. Uh, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and say his name. I know today we had some news come out that said that he uh, missed practice, and we don't really know why yet. Uh, but Ramondre Stevenson at 7K I think is going to be an awesome play uh, as long as he's healthy and he's playing, obviously. Uh, up against Philly, he's going to be the main guy there. I know they got Zeke Elliott, and everybody's afraid of Zeke Elliott stealing touches in the red zone, which it, it may potentially happen. But Stevenson's going to get so much volume uh, that I think that he's going to be perfectly viable at 7K. I think he can actually sneak into that elite tier as far as fantasy points go for this week. Uh, so Stevenson at 7K is my other mid-tier guy. Tim, you got anybody else in your mid-tier you want to talk about? Yeah, I think we got to talk about Kenneth Walker. Um, I think that there was a, a report that came out earlier this week. He was dealing with a little bit of a groin injury. He had kind of dealt with it a little bit in the offseason, but then he got a full practice in today. So I'm not really concerned about it. We talked earlier that we think that the Seahawks are going to win this game pretty handedly. And, uh, you know, shout out Jared. He mentioned this earlier. If you're looking for a running back defense stack this week, one of my absolute favorites is Kenneth Walker in the Seahawks game. Love it. Love it, and we love uh, we love favorites at home, the running backs for sure. Jared, anybody else you want to talk about in the mid tier here? Uh, I mean, I think I'm good. All right, I'll just mention the guys you have just so we get them on the show. You got Joe Mixon there. Uh, you got Aaron Jones uh, mentioned there as well. So those are two guys you can look at. Move down into the value tier, and I'll take the chalk guy here, and then y'all can talk about your guys. But the chalk probably is going to be Jamal Williams. Uh, Kendrick Miller Miller is probably not going to play. We know for sure that. Kamara is not going to play. It's going to be the Jamal Williams show at 5.1 versus Tennessee. Uh, I don't know how much I love Jamal Williams as far as, you know, what he's going to put up as far as fantasy points go. But in my cash lineup, I think he's going to be so heavily owned that you almost have to put him in uh, at 5.1. Again, I don't know how how high his upside is, so maybe not in your tournaments are you playing him. But at 5.1 with the backs that are both going to be out, probably I think he's going to be a – a very high-owned running back. So Jamal Williams at 5.1. Tim, what you got here? Yeah, yeah I completely agree with that. That was exa- going to be my exact take, is that you can play Jamal Williams in cash, but do not play Jamal Williams in tournaments. He just does not have the upside. Tennessee's pretty decent against the run. That's what they do. They sell out to stop the run. 
So could he get a couple of short touchdowns? Is he going to get 15 to 20, you know, touches? That's what you're looking for cash games, but I don't think he has the upside you want for tournaments. Um, speaking of a guy that's very controversial, uh, I'm going to go with Khalil Herbert. Um, this is a guy that I was pretty high on all offseason. I know there's a lot of competition there with Deonta Foreman and Roshan Johnson, but all indications are Khalil Herbert's going to get the first run. And I talked about it on the top of the show. I do not think this is going to be a good week for my Packers. I don't. I think that the Bears are going to get up and they're going to run the ball, and it's going to be a lot of Khalil Herbert. We could see one of those Khalil Herbert games. So, um, you know, I just talked about it with uh, with Kenneth Walker. I'll say it again with Khalil Herbert. You guys want a tournament stack. I, I, all of my indications are he's going to be under like like 5% owned. So yeah. you want to combine that with a low-owned defense in the Bears. If this game goes the way I think they were, man, that's a tournament set up for you right there. And then you can put all the jock you want because nobody will have that stack. Yeah, it's crazy how undervalued Herbert is, even in season long. You know, people get excited with the new toys. And, of course, they got Roshan Johnson there. And everybody, oh, Roshan Johnson's going to be this. And he might end up being good. But I can guarantee you week one is Khalil Herbert. He was very efficient last year in that offense. He looked good in the preseason. Khalil Herbert's going to be the man, at least for week one. You know, beyond that, who knows? But for week one at 5.3, I love him. Good call. Yep. And it's a perfect game script, too. Like, I think it just sets up perfect. Jerry, what you got for your uh, your value tier here? Oh, value. I have – well, the first thing that I have is Antonio Gibson versus B-Rob. Um, I think it's a good good discussion to have. Um, obviously, the commanders, you can talk about chalk commanders and putting a running back with that stack. Like, like we, try to, we try to speak as much as we can about how we build our GPP rosters and how to make people better daily fantasy players. This is one way to do it with a defense running back stack. Um, I think if you're stacking it, um, I, I, I like the Bijan or, or the Brian, sorry, Brian Robinson and the commander's defense as a stack. Um, but in terms of like getting outside of the stack, I kind of prefer Gibson. Um, I know that they 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 said they want to expand his role. Obviously, he's got more PPR upside. I think it's going to be pretty 50-50, and it's going to go week to week. I'm not in love with one more than the other, but if I had a lean because I'm a GBP player, uh, I like the Antonio Gibson side opposed to the, the Brian Robinson side. Yeah, and yeah. I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on that because I had B-Rob on my list as well, and, and I live here in Washington, D.C., and I think Gibson definitely is your tournament play. He has the higher upside. He has the PPR ability. He can score from anywhere on the field. B-Rob, to me, is the better cash game play because I think they're obviously their favorite at home. B-Rob's going to be the grinder. He's going to be the one in the fourth quarter closing it out if they are winning. Uh, he's a little bit cheaper. So B-Rob will be the one I would play if I'm stacking a defense or if I'm playing in cash. But yeah, Gibson has the higher upside. And the way that they're going to use him will be very similar to how they use the, the Chiefs running backs over the years uh, in the passing game. So I think Gibson can be a, a good tournament play as well. Good call. Yep. Tim, I'll let you talk about Mr. Deion Jackson. Yeah, so a couple weeks ago, this was like the no question number one value on the slate. And it's amazing as we get closer to game day how this has changed. Um, so first of all, Evan Hull, right, is now probably going to take early down work. And now it's even looking like Zach Moss might be ready for Sunday. So this is going to be one of those, uh, if then statements that you use in your lineups, right? If Zach Moss plays, you don't play Deion Jackson, but I think that he has enough PPR upside that he's still viable at 4,100. So 
I probably will not have much exposure. I will have zero exposure if Zach Moss plays. Uh, but I think if you're doing 150 lineups, um, I think I would have some uh, just because he showed last year he can get you 20 plus points. And at 4,100, uh, that's a nice, nice value. Yeah, one thing we talked about pre-show is that if Deion Jackson was 4,100 and potentially the starter in like week nine, he is the absolute chalk play. But because we're yeah. in week one and we have so much other value to choose from, I'm scared to play him because even if he has a, even if he hits value at 4,100, he's not giving you the upside that some of the guys we've already mentioned could give you at their price points, and they're not much more expensive than him. So. Uh, Deion Jackson's a little scary, but he probably will be pretty chalky in week one. But I, I think I'm avoiding him. Like I think uh, Garrett in the chat said, don't play him. So in all reality, his his ceiling is 13, 14 points. I mean, yeah, like yeah. that's his ceiling. 100 percent. And yeah. and you don't need to put him in your lineup to get to guys like JJ. You know, Christian McCaffrey's not 10,000 yet. You know, those are guys that you can definitely fit into your lineup. I, I, you know, we'll get to my stack here in a little bit, but my stack in like week eight, you can't afford without Deion Jackson. In week right. one, you can afford it. So you can do it. Yeah. yeah. Good call. It's all about relative value, right? 100%. 100%. All right, let's get to the receivers. And now, wide receivers. Receivers. And I know he's probably technically a mid tier, but I'm going to go ahead and double drop it here. Lock, lock it, it in. Tim, go ahead and give us your lock of the week here. I actually didn't see that coming. Yeah, no. Good call. <laughs> um, Chris Olave, man, uh, this is one play I have not gotten off. Of. I was on him three weeks ago. If we would have done a first look show, I'm still on him now. Uh, I talked about it. We were talking about uh, Derek Carr at the top of the show and quarterbacks. This Tennessee secondary is bad, 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 bad. And all indications are that Chris Olave has the best rapport with Derek Carr. So we've already seen last year what he could do when he had, what, Jameis Winston or whoever the fuck was throwing him the ball. <laughs> There's one for you, G. Um, but no, like he's got a better quarterback. He's got a better situation there at home. Terrible secondary. And he's 6,500. Like uh, one of the guys I always listen to is um, Scott Barrett, right, from Fantasy Points. He basically pointed out that he may be, if you you know project him, uh, the most uh, best value to ceiling projection on the on the slate. Yeah. Right. So I mean, there's you know there's a lot of good plays in the mid range at wide receiver. We'll talk about, but I don't think anybody has a better combination of ceiling and floor at their price than Chris Olave. Yeah, there's a great stat on Chris Olave, and I gave it on last year's show, but. If y'all can remember back to the week that uh, Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddell and Tua went off, they had like a billion points, and you know they had all these air yards. Chris Olave in that same week had more air yards than both of those guys combined, and he had Andy freaking Dalton throwing in the ball. So that just gives you an idea of how big play this guy can be. Um, I love Chris Olave in both dynasty, fantasy redrafts, you know whatever DFS. He's he's a monster. Love him coming out of college. He, I think, led the, uh, the, the led college in uh, in separation, and he came into the NFL, and that translated. He still gets playing separation. He's a great, a great receiver. So good call, Jared. I gave Chris. One, one a lot- other thing I will mention on that. Go ahead. Is that if you compare where they were drafted in best ball versus what their pricing is on DraftKings number one a uh, week one, Chris Olave was going about wide receiver eight or nine. He's wide receiver 15 in terms of pricing. Yep, 100% of value, agreed. All right, so I gave uh, Tim a chance to talk about Chris Olave, but I'm going to give uh, Jared a chance to talk about his his guy here, Mr. Jay Jettis. 
I know we're pressed for time, but I really, I really loved uh, the Chris Olave call. In, in all reality, he has no competition. Like, who does he have competition for for receptions? Um, Justin Jefferson. I mean, they're going to move this dude all over the formation. He hasn't played all preseason. A lot of the Vikings didn't. Um, they're going to come out firing. They're going to find a way to get like. So I, I know uh, Joe was searching for a Justin Jefferson jersey online. He doesn't even live in this state. Couldn't find one anywhere. Like this dude is the future of the NFL. Like he's that good. Uh, him and Jamar Chase are one and one. But uh, and, and in all reality, we get him below nine K. We we can't roster him in this pace setting. Yeah, he, he, his price point eight point eight versus Tampa Bay is just. It's too good to, to not to not play him. He's in my cash lineup already. Uh, I love JJ J. this week. My my top tier guy, uh, other than JJ, is is Tyreek Hill at eight point two versus the Chargers. We mentioned the game being high scoring. I've already mentioned that I love Tua. That I think he's a dark horse MVP candidate. Um, you know, spoiler alert: I got Waddle in my mid tier. I got Tyreek in my elite tier. I think that offense is going to be really good. Uh, eight point two is just too cheap for Tyreek Hill. Uh, yeah, and he already come out and said he wants to go for 2,000 yards. Well, it starts in week one. I think he's going to have a monster game week one at 8.2, and you you, you got to get you get into your lineups. Find a way to do it. Tim, you got another guy elite tier here. Give me one of your other elite guys. I did it again. Oh, my God. The other elite <laughs> guy is Jamar Chase, and I, I like him. I actually have him on a tier just below uh, Jay Jettas and Tyreek. I think they're the clear kind of top tier at wide receiver for me. Uh, and Jamar Chase is right under that. If that game goes off like Jared expects it to, Chase is gonna is gonna go off. Uh, but just based on matchup, pace of play, over under, uh, he's third on the list for me. Yeah, good stuff. All right, we'll move down into the mid tier. Uh, I know you have one more guy listed on your top tier, Jared, but you can get to him in the mid tier. He's more of a mid tier guy. Um, but I'll, we'll move down. I'll kick off the mid tier with a guy that literally on the show sheet I could just put this guy in the show sheet every week and just leave him on there. <laughs> For the last couple of years, Mr. I know he could just be our thumbnail every time. Yeah, exactly, hundred percent. Mr. Keenan Allen, seven point three. Uh, you know, as long as he's healthy and he's playing, which he is currently uh, with Herbert, he's been a monster. He's a PPR monster. I wish he'd score more touchdowns, but he gets so many passes over the middle of the field that he makes up for that with his PPR side of things. So, Keenan Allen, as long as he doesn't get up to the eight thousand range at seven point three, still viable every week. And you will hear me say Keenan Allen pretty much every week as long as he's in that 7,000 range. So uh, that's an easy one for me, Keenan Allen. Uh, Jared, we'll go to you real quick because you got the guy that you had listed at your top tier, but I think he's more mid-tier, and I like him a lot as well. Yeah, pick one of the two because I'll take uh, the other guy. I, I love DK Metcalf this week. Um, yeah. and, and the reason why is because, well, Seattle says they're going to throw the ball more this year. Obviously, I have JSN, Lockett. Medcap, but here's the deal. Medcap was the red zone monster last year, and he didn't convert on a whole lot of his opportunities. Um, a lot of guys in season long entries are smashing the over seven and a half touchdowns. Uh, I just, I'm, he's priced right, but in this game format, like it wouldn't surprise me for him to have 100 yards and two touchdowns in this game. I am with you 100%, and I've been slamming the table for DK Metcalf all offseason for everybody that's kind of fading him, saying he's not a receiver one anymore. He, as far as target share for red zone, led the NFL in 40%. No one was even in the 40s. He was only one in 40% in target share in the red zone. Unfortunately, those didn't result in the touchdowns, uh, but he had a career high in targets. He had a career high in receptions. 
the yardage wasn't there, but he had the, the red zone targets. If he had the touchdowns, it wouldn't have mattered. I think it's wheels up for this guy. We saw what he did. If you look at the playoff game, I think it was versus the 49ers. He had a monster game versus us, and we have a very good defense. I think that's the DK Metcalf that we're going to see all season this year. So I love that DK Metcalf call at 7,000. He's way too cheap. Um, so, yeah, great call right there. And people forget, like, he, this dude had monster combine numbers. Like, he's yeah. been athletic for a long time. Yeah, he's just a beast. He's way more athletic than anybody on the Rams, and that's the most important part. 100%. And probably bigger than all of them, too. <laughs> Tim, what you got for your mid? Yeah, so my theme of this week is pick on the bad defenses, pick on the bad corners. And there is a team starting two uh, bad corners, possibly a rookie corner and an undrafted free agent corner, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. So I'm going to take the other one Jared had and go with Mr. Calvin Ridley. A uh, few guys, if any, have been as hyped up this offseason. Oh, Tim, he's been out of football for over a year. Oh, Tim, he's on a new team. I don't care. Okay? He made sure he put in the time this offseason with Trevor Lawrence that he's already the number one receiver in that offense. It's 6500 He's the same price as Chris Olave. I think Olave is going to be more popular. So you want to go. I see Garrett also had him in the chat. I love Calvin Ridley this week. Like, yeah. if I could live in the mid-range – DK Metcalf, Chris Olave, Calvin Ridley. Dude, that's a GPP winning lineup right there. And if there's one thing you need to know about Calvin Ridley, we know he respects coin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. 100%. Yeah, I don't know if y'all seen that video. It's a camp video where they show the receivers running the routes and they have Zay Flowers go first and he looks, you know, pretty decent. He does his little, his little route and then Ridley goes in, does the same route and he's a freaking blur. Like, it looks totally different when Ridley does it. You know, he's an awesome route runner, so I love that call. Uh, I'll just mention the guys in the mid-tier so we can get down to the value tier. I had Waddle, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Amari Cooper, you know, Jared's got to have every Cleveland Brown that he can possibly have in his uh, his, his sheet. So he's got Amari Cooper. Uh, we got uh, Sutton there as well, obviously with no Jerry Judy potentially. That's another good a good choice. Uh, let's go ahead and move down into the to the value tier here, Ger, uh, Jared, and I'll go to you first. I almost said Gerson. <laughs> we'll go to you, Jared, first uh, with the value. Well, I know you guys are expecting to for me to talk on my Viking, but I'm not because I think he has a problem staying on the field for a large percentage of snaps share. So I'm actually going to go to my other Cleveland Brown guy, which is Elijah Moore. He is my top-owned GPP play this week. Um, at 3,800, he just is – well, he's never been a bad receiver. He moves into an offense where the wide receiver, too, is arguably DPJ, and uh, I'm not buying it there. I'm all in on the Browns this week, but especially Elijah Moore at 3,800. I like that call. And Gerson was quick to correct me as he would if he was on the show. I meant Zay Jones, not Zay Flowers, obviously. Zay Flowers is on the Baltimore Ravens. Zay Jones is on the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So thank you, Garson, for correcting me on that one. Um, all right, Sam, what you got for your value? Now, you were just ahead of the game, man. You knew I was going to say to play Zay Flowers. Like He's probably my favorite value play. I love the Elijah Moore call. I think that's a great call. There's also a couple guys at 3K I think are very valuable. Um, but I think Zay Flowers may go overlooked now. I think a week or two ago, he was a pretty locked-in value. But since we've had so many other value spots open up, I think people are going to kind of overlook him. So 
Uh, yeah, if I'm if I'm doing Lamar Jackson stacks, I'm absolutely taking Zay Flowers. I think uh, Gerson just gave away your sick call of the week, Jared. He says you're playing Jim Brown too, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my my values here. I'm going to combine two guys into my values so we can get to a couple more guys. I'll talk about them real quick. But one of them is Jahan Dotson at five thousand versus Arizona. We've talked about this team already. You know, the running backs would be good. I think Jahan Dotson has the best connection with Sam Howell. Terry McLaurin may play. I don't think he's going to be as explosive as he normally is with that turf toe. So Dotson has looked very good in the preseason. At 5000 it's way too cheap. And I'll throw in Brandon Ayuk at 4.9, who um, has come you know, in camp. The, the word is that he is absolutely unguardable. Um, he looked good in preseason as well at 4.9. He is the number one option in that offense, not Debo, whose Debo I think is like 6000 more. Ayuk uh, yeah. is the number one option, and I think Ayuk has a good game at four point nine. He is way, way, way underpriced. So those are my two values. The one thing I will add to that is, it's looking like George Kittle may not play. If he does not play, I think Ayuk is an absolute lock. Yeah, like he, he said, he's already one of the biggest values on the slate, even before the additional target volume. Agreed. All right, so let me just mention a couple of other guys that we had on our list. Um, I got Van Jefferson four point seven. I don't love the play. I just think that he gets the volume. Um, but he will be a, a popular play at 4.7 with no Cooper Cup. Uh, Marvin Mims, if Judy is out at 3K, is absolutely too cheap. Um, I think he gets some viable um, usage there as well. Uh, we got Rondo Moore, KJ Osborne, and Tyler Boyd listed for for Jared and uh, and Dobbs. I want you to mention Dobbs a little bit, Tim, because he's I think I think he's the benefactor if, if Christian Watson is out. And then I know Dobbs is questionable, I believe as well, isn't he? Yeah, so I put question mark. The reason I put that is because I'm not buying it this week. Uh, normally, if you have a wide receiver one out and a wide receiver two gets good volume, you play the wide receiver two. Uh, but he's dealing with the hamstring. I said earlier in the show, I think hamstring injuries are not, nothing to fuck with. So uh, I'm not real big on Romeo Dobbs this week. Uh, I think he could have a good game. Uh, I think he's going to probably see good value, but he could have one of those famous Julio decoy games, right, where he's out there and gets – you know, seven targets for 21 yards or something. You know what I mean? So like I would normally say, Hey guys, lock it in. I'm more than willing to be wrong here. uh, But I'm going to take my statement and say, do not play Romeo. Good stuff. We also had Deontay Johnson and Drake London listed as well. I like both of those plays. I'm all over Deontay Johnson in season long as well. He had, I think the most targets in NFL history without scoring a touchdown last year, which is an insane thing to, to maintain. I think it goes back to the mean, and uh, he gets some more touchdowns this year. Agreed. Defense, 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 defense. If you're new to the show, defense is Tim's thing, and he always kicks us off. So go ahead and give us your defenses, Tim. I cannot tell you guys how long I've been waiting to hear that drop. Like, I, I, I'm so – it's just like – Goosebumps. Goosebumps, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's just start off with the chalk, right? It's the commanders. Like, it's the chalk of the chalk of the chalk. If you do not play the commanders in cash games, I don't think you're playing cash games correctly. That's just likewise. I don't think you should be playing commanders in GPP. Like normally if we say if a defense is over like 20%, don't play them. There's a real good chance that commanders could be like 30, 30. 35%. Like that's just, you know, find a way to get different elsewhere. Unless you're playing like all 5% guys. Maybe that's not a good idea. Uh, But outside of that, it's the commanders in cash. Don't play them in GPP. I mentioned earlier my favorite GPP uh, defense this week is the Chicago Bears. Jordan Love, 
is still, you know, still getting his uh, rhythm going. His best wide receiver is gone. His second best wide receiver is banged up. Um, it's the Bears. I mentioned earlier, stack with Khalil Herbert. Um, the other one I like is the Seahawks. If you can afford, you know, there's plenty of value this week. You can get up to pay up for defense. Nobody's going to pay up for defense this week. Um, so I think Seahawks uh, and Bears are are your GPP defenses. Yep, I had uh, I had Washington obviously as the main one. Seahawks I had as well. Jared, you got any other ones? Um, I mean, I, I have the the Packers um, solely because I think their front four is actually a lot more improved. Um, I think Justin Fields is kind of still a little raw, a little more raw than we'd like to admit. Like a lot of people like to uh, jump on him and say that he's the future because he's got all this rushing upside, but I think he can also turn the ball over a little bit too. Yeah, good call. All right, let's get to our stacks. Going for two.com's weekly stack report. And Brian just threw in the chat, and I had them on my list as well. The Jags at 3.5 versus Indy. Uh, the only reason why I didn't mention them, I'm a little worried that uh, they're not going to throw the ball enough for them to get turnovers. When you pick a defense DFS, you want sacks and you want interceptions, and I don't think that the, the Colts are going to allow him to throw too many passes, and he's going to be running the ball a lot, so the, the points won't be there. So at 3.5, it's a little bit too expensive for me to, you know, if I'm not getting those sacks and potential interceptions. I, I promised Brian that I would drop this and tell him that Brian doesn't wear underwear because it's the commandos and cash, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Jerry, we're going to kick off your stacks here with obviously the Captain Obvious pick of the night, as we didn't already know what your stack was. But go ahead and give it to us. So it's Watson, Njoku, and more followed by Chase on the run back. And the reason why is because you can get the Cleveland Browns stack at a pretty cheap option. You could sub out one of them with Mari Cooper, who's at 5.8, who is also cheap. Um, like I said, I love this game, and I'm all over it. Um, this is my highest-owned game stack of the week, and I love the the ability to run it back with a, a Chase or a T. Eggins, who are very proven receivers. I love it. I love it. And Gerson mentions the Panthers defense, which I also like as well as a good option at 2,600 uh, versus Desmond Ritter. That's another good defense. You can pivot off the, the commandos. Woof, right. woof. <laughs> Tim, what you got for your stack? Yeah, I'm going with my man, Justin Herbert. Uh, it's going to be Herbert, uh, big Mike Williams, uh, Gerald Everett, and running it back with Ty Freak Hill. I like that stack a lot, and that's the, you know the highest scoring game. So I basically just flipped it on its head and took the you know the other side of things. And I went with Tua, Hill, Waddle, and Mike Williams. I mentioned at the top that you know in week eight or nine you probably can't afford Tua, Waddle, and Hill, uh, but with the value we have on this slate, you can definitely afford all three of those guys. Uh, bring it back with Mike Williams over Keenan Allen. I love Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen's upside is not there. If I'm going with the tournament play, I want that Mike Williams upside. I want those two deep touchdowns. Uh, so Mike Williams, and he's a little bit cheaper than Keenan Allen as well, so it fits in there a little bit better. Uh, so that's that's my stack of the week. Hey, I, real quick, I'll give you guys my two favorite secondary stacks, okay? It's Justin Jefferson and Rashad White, and then DK Metcalf and Tyler Higby. I like it. I Those like are it. guys you can build lineups around. Absolutely. I love it. All right, we're going to get to our most popular segment, the segment that Gerson absolutely hated. I know he's in the chat, but he hated this chat. He hated giving any advice that could potentially be bad advice, which, quite honestly, the sick calls are just that. You don't really play a whole lot of them. You might throw them into one lineup and hope and pray something happens. 
it's just for fun, but Gerson hated this segment. Uh, but Gerson, this one's for you. And now, the sick call of the week. And the funny thing is, is the sick call was actually originated by Mr. Gerson. I was going to give the story. Uh, he was literally sick on the podcast, taking you know all kinds of medicine and still drinking alcohol, obviously, because Gerson can never stop doing that. But uh, he picked a defense, and it was the Saints, I believe, who, who were historically bad up to that point yeah. on defense. And me and Tim kind of made fun of him and said, you know, you're you're just too sick. You're you're on this you know medication. This is not not going to work out. They end up being the highest scoring defense of that week. Uh, so we named the whole segment the sick call. Basically, these aren't even punt plays. These are guys that are like such long shots that, you know, they just need one play to really pay off their value. Uh, but we keep track of it all year to see how we hit on these guys. So, Jared, since you're filling in for Gerson tonight, you get to go first. Well, well, my sick call might be as sick as they get. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's the Patriots defense. And people are going to look at this and say, what in the hell is he talking about? Uh, well, here's the deal. Uh, Bill Belichick has owned first-year quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts is not a first-year quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But this is the first time they have ever faced Jalen Hurts in his career. Um, his whole scheme is going to be around stopping Jalen Hurts, making him turn the ball over. We know that the Patriots' offense isn't good. They're going to run the ball. They're going to try and bleed the clock and keep him off the field. But I think there's a way where Bilicek might have a little bit left in him yet to get the Patriots' defense to score a defensive touchdown. I like it. And in the Patriots' defense, it wasn't last year. It was a couple of years ago. They were scoring so many points that you actually basically had to have them in your GPP lineups <laughs> to win. So it's, it's definitely He's done it before. It's definitely a possibility. Tim, what you got for your sick call? All right. For those of you uh, watching on YouTube, I uh, put on the the Packers cheese head. (laughs) I don't know how you could do that because you just pumped up Justin Fields. You pumped up Christian Kirk. (laughs) It's because I'm going with Jaden Reed as my sick call. Uh, You guys know I fill out the sheet usually on Wednesday. uh, And this Wednesday, it was a sick call. Today with Christian Watson being out, it's less of a sick call, but – Appreciate you guys hanging with me week one. <laughs> it's Jaden Reed at 3K. Uh, I think he's one of the best plays on the slate. Depending on what projection site you use, he could come out as the top uh, projected value. Uh, and when you play a guy that's 3K, uh, it fits in everything else. So we talked about it throughout the show that a lot of the value on this slate is kind of closed up. Or if you're going to play another $3,000 wide receiver, uh, I'm going to go with Jaden Reed. So uh, like I'll – uh, you know, maybe use him as a uh, bring back in one of my field stacks or something. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, all right. So we mentioned Marvin Mims, who's 3K rookie receiver. You just mentioned Jaden Reed, who's a 3K rookie receiver. I'm just going to keep the theme going here. I'm going to mention Puka Nakua at 3K versus Seattle. We already know Cooper Cup's not going to be there. We talked about their lack of options. We talked about Van Jefferson might get the most of the volume. Maybe Higby gets the volume. But Puka Nakua has looked really good, and he's going to have a role. Even with Cooper Cup, he's expected to have a role in this offense. So without Cup, he'll be in there. Uh, he caught a touchdown in preseason. Matthew Stafford seems to have some confidence in him. He's he's built a little bit of hype. He's got a little bit of Twitter following, and people like him. So uh, I'm going with Puka Nakua first week with 3K. I mean, really, he catches a touchdown. He probably pays off his value. Uh, again, guys, sick calls aren't meant to be played a lot. They're just that. They're just punt plays just for the fun of it. But Puka Nakua will be my guy for week one. 
And this is so sick. This guy's first name is Puka. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it sounds like a disease. Like, oh man, I got Puka Nakua. I That's gotta, I gotta stay home yet. for work. <laughs> and Gerson, you said you'd mention your guy here. Did we mention your guy? If not, go ahead and mention it in the chat, and I'll bring it up. And Tim, Tim taught in the chat. Puka is greater than Tutu. Yes, I, I agree. I think uh, Tutu Atwell. <laughs> Puka Nakua is P U K A. N-U-C-U-A, is that right? I think that's how it's spelled. Garrett's asking in the chat, how do you spell his name? <laughs> well, while we wait for Gerson's sick call, why don't we give our parting words for the week? Yep, go ahead, yeah. Garrett. Kick us off here. Give us uh, your Twitter handle one more time where they can follow you and then uh, anything else you want to plug. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at the Yeti Express. Um, as Since I'm playing Gerson, uh, you know, you can slide into my DMs on Facebook and Twitter. And just ask me a DFS question. Just just slide in. Good stuff. Tim, I know you got the thread you want to mention. Go ahead and give this to the, to the listeners. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at KetoDFS. You can also find me on Facebook in the DFS Roundtable group. Every week I make a thread of the best stats and information from all over the Internet. So you want to be part of that thread, jump in the DFS Roundtable. Good stuff. And uh, I don't think I plugged it at all last year because it kind of blew up this offseason. But the Going for Two Discord uh is if you're not in there you need to be in there it's it's, it's popping it is definitely popping you could find the link in my twitter bio uh at jeff lambert 77 you could find it at going for two.com there's a link there in the in the in the in the uh the bottom right hand corner uh we've got everything from season long we've got underdog picks we've got uh you know jared does some picks every week with uh with sports book type stuff um, we got DFS in there. We even got, you know, like, uh, Devi and we have guys that do IDP. Uh, it's, it's, it's really been blown up. We have over a thousand members now. We've got some quote unquote coaches in there that, you know, if you tag them, they'll answer your questions. So yeah, go find the going for two discord and, and join that. You, you won't be disappointed. Um, uh, go ahead. And that, that's one of the coolest things about the discord is you can say, at fantasy coach and ask for trade advice and you will have 10 to 12 people answer your question and give you their expert analysis on that. That's super awesome. The discord hundred percent. All right, guys, that wraps up our week one show. Uh, I want to wish everybody good luck this weekend. Hopefully you smash in all of your lineups. Shout us out on Twitter. If you do hit uh, for Tim, for, for Jared, for Gerson in the chat, you know, we hope to you know, see you this, this year at some point. Coming on, make some guest appearances. Uh, I am Jeff, and we will see you all next week. Go Pack Go!